0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Mythology Marksmanship Podcast. I'm Morgan King and I'm here with Brady Allenson. It's been a few days after the precision rifle rumble up in Parma, Idaho, and the two of us shot together. And you know, it was it neither one of us um, it didn't go the way we had planned. Um and we just kinda want to talk about some of the stuff that we learned. Hopefully, I help you guys out and maybe give you a little bit of entertainment uh, value on your way to work or wherever you learn or wherever you uh, listen to the podcast. So, how's it going, Brady? Good. How are you? Not bad. I was trying to set up all the audio stuff and and get it all figured out. And Brady's been listening to me do that for the last little bit. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. I got stuff I'm doing too, so it's easy when you have headphones on.
0: Yeah, Brady's been bear hunting for the last couple of days.
1: Yeah, with zero success, and I didn't see a bear, unfortunately. But it was good to get out in the mountains for a couple of days. And yeah, you left straight
0: something. from from the shoot, headed there. Yeah, didn't even invite wasn't... me to go hunting with you.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't let you go. You're having a baby, and I'm. Not gonna be. That's what you say. With with no service and have your wife get mad at me. That's what he says. It was worthless, anyways. We only had, or not, we. I only had one day to hunt, anyways. So it was quick and quick and simple and over pretty fast.
0: But no, that's all right. So I I guess when I know how it is when you're up in the mountains by yourself, you do a lot of reflecting. And I know there's no way that you were not sitting on the mountainside glassing, <laughs> thinking about things that you should have done better. And the, the if-is and the.
1: It um, was very nice. Should have done. Yep. There was a lot of that. I mean, I it, it's there. nice,
0: but it's almost. Especially straight after a match like that. You can't tell me. I you that needed you did it, not. though, I think. Yeah.
1: I did. It, I mean.
0: This is your third, eighth in a row. And I know that's that what I was you just
1: going to say. It does. And that's. And this, this match was good though because there was I learned stuff for one or learned that I was doing things that I didn't know I was doing. It was brought to my attention as in slapping the trigger, which I thought I had pushed out of me, but I took a little break and I haven't been dry firing or practicing as much and it's it's showing and I think that's why I'm consistently off the top a little bit as I'm doing things that I didn't used to do and then got lazy for a bit and now I'm starting to do them again. So I got to really focus on getting those back to, to the good spot instead of being lazy and slapping the trigger. Yep. No. So
0: I know we've talked about you on like, obviously me and you've done more episodes than anybody else so far. And I imagine that, It'll probably remain that way, just because we we talk on the phone yeah. so much. But yeah. I feel like, um, like well, you're a great shooter, right? You're you've only been shooting for what two year, to little over two years now.
2: Yeah,
0: maybe two and a half. Two and
2: a half. Yeah, yeah
0: two and a half years. So, like, you can kind of see it. Like, I I mean, I've been shooting. This is like six years for me, so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like finishing up my sixth year probably. So like yeah. six and a half years and you like, so I don't really remember so much the new stuff I do. I mean, I do remember getting into it, but, but I don't remember it getting into it to, to the degree that you, you obviously can, you can speak to that, but you've yeah. come along so fast, like, like your progression if you were to graph it out, would not look like my progression. My progression would look like really, really, f- like almost flat for four years, and all of a sudden, a pretty good spike. <laughs> Ramped it up. <laughs> then, I, then I did ramp it up. I'll, I'll, I'll say I did do that. But then, um, but yours started off on that ramp. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, and it's easy. Yeah, like you're, I think you're gonna have like those ups
1: and downs. I think so. I think that's just part of progression. I think there's a lot to keep in your brain also when it's also new. And I mean, I, I shouldn't say it's new really now. I've done a lot of it over the last couple of years. So it's not new anymore, but Definitely I will newer say... newer than me. Yes, absolutely. And there's trying to remember to do everything. And a lot of it is, I just... The other thing has been with component shortages and stuff being hard to find... I've really cut back on my practice quite a bit. I used to practice at least once a week, and I haven't even been doing that. And I used to dry fire a few days a week, or at least a couple, and I haven't been doing that either, which that's just me being lazy and, I guess, a little bit of life getting in the way and being busy. But that's no excuse for, I mean, there's no day that goes by that I don't have 10 or 15 minutes where I could just sit and dry fire for a little bit. Yeah. So that's, that yeah. shouldn't be an excuse. But. I mean,
0: you know my opinion on dry firing. Yeah. but I And, and I don't mean to just dis, dis completely discount the value in dry firing, right? There's obviously some amount of value to it, but I just... It's better than nothing, for sure. It's definitely I, better than nothing.
1: I I think it's something that if you don't have time to get out and shoot and practice, I think you better be dry firing at least a little bit.
0: Yeah. No, and I, and I do it to like get like reacquainted with my process. But yeah, so from this match because this match, dude, I feel like it's a it's been a good match for both of us. Um, I talk about this all the time, um, or not all the time, but I have talked about this where I think that uh, if you go somewhere. Whether you win, whether you lose, uh, whether you did, you thought you shot really, really well or you shot, you, you thought you shot really poorly, you, you really need to sit down and do a full accounting of, of, yeah. uh, how, wh- what the things you did good and the things that you need to improve on. So, like for me, I, I mean, I think about this match and I think about the things that I did good. I, I really did see, I felt like I was seeing things really, really well. Um, I, uh, mm, yeah, I mean, I don't think there was a bullet. I'm trying to think where I was like, man, I didn't know where that went. Um, other than there was a couple stages, but there was a couple stages where they were skylined, and you know, you know, that's that's tough, and that's where yeah. the tracers. And there was
1: some tall grass on some of them too that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but the tall grass, that's a big bullet in the tall grass for me. Makes it nice. And, and the one yeah. you're referring to, I hit all those, so.
1: Yeah, I did not.
0: I know. But, I mean, still, it
1: I do think, I mean, we've talked about that stage at length, because everything looked high, and yeah, which I think to, it was more the gra- going through the grass, and I think it just yeah made everything look high, and then you were trying to compensate. And yeah.
0: yeah, there was a, we talked to a bunch of people, there was a stage where you shot two targets off of a uh, couple of railroad ties and there was this one target that was hor- a horizontal rectangle and if you went over top of it maybe even underneath it too because i heard people that held low and yeah and w- were definitely going low after that and yep. missed it so they either went they might have missed it just for windage um but the way the grass high. was behind it, I think it was like in waist high grass or something because it was coming yeah. out of the grass and it looked like people, people thought I talked to people that thought they were mill high and they're like, I'm yeah. not a mill high. And then they hold a the mill low and then they were like, wow, I'm still high. How is that working? And they just yeah. went from hitting water line on the other plate. That just doesn't make any sense. It, unless yeah. they dial wrong, which you check your turret. I know the I, other yeah. guy I talked to a couple other people, They checked their dials. Like, these are good shooters. Um, Got ones that are, like, going, holy crap, and then holding differently, which on elevation is tough.
1: Yeah. It was was wind. It had to have been given the – because, I mean, it was fine after that. And then, I mean, yeah. That's the only thing that really made sense, I think. It had to have been wind. It just – with the grass being so tall, you just couldn't tell, I'm assuming. Yeah. I hit the first five. I don't know what happened after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I mean... But...
2: Well, I do know on your on your
0: wind to. on the other one. Wasn't quite as great. Right? You yeah, missed, yeah. missed up wind or something like that, or downwind?
1: Not on... Or, er, yes, I did. On the vertical one, I did. Yep. The close one, yeah, I did.
0: So, I mean, but... Uh, so I mean I know I was I was doing pretty good that way but the things that I that I've really thought about is um and I, I might have talked about this on the podcast with Paul Higley um and so when I think of mental mistakes and this is something that uh if you guys are listening we're all at different different points in our shooting but uh People refer to mental mistakes all the time, and I and I always say that this game is a hundred percent mental. And I kind of want to qualify that a little bit with my next with a thing that I I think that I need to improve on. Um, that I this my big takeaway from this match. Um, so I think, I think there. So for me, um, mental mistakes like a, a lot of people. Refer to the mental mistakes, which I did make some of the egregious ones. I made three of them. I shot three wrong targets at this and I call it, those are my, what I consider an egregious, um, mental mistake. But those are the types that you get really mad about. Um, like, like not moving, shooting too many rounds in one position, shooting out of order, all those things. Those are things that are egregious. But there's a, like, you ought, auto, you automatically know that that was something you did wrong mentally. And that's what limited you from maximizing um, the amount of points you can get from a stage, which yeah. those are the ones that, that, you tend to only make a limited amount at a match, even if you do make them, um, depending on where you're at in your game. But if you're like me, you know, most of the time, maximum one. Most of the time, I don't make any of those. Like, I'll be honest, that's the first one I've made in in several matches. Um, and a lot of times, I can still make one of them and win a match because they only cost me one point at a time. Yeah, the ones that get me, and the ones that I feel like nickel and dime you out of first place, or take you from second to fifth, or fifth to tenth. Um, I think are the ones that are sneaky, the ones that kind of like you don't even know that you're making. Um, For example, I want to talk about the railroad ties. Um, That's one where I would hit center, then I would hit upwind, and I was comfortable being there because I feel like mentally I'm more comfortable on the upwind side of a plate. And that's a mistake in my mind because what would happen was is I would hit center, hit center. And if it went downwind, you bet I'm going to – I mean, if it's one-tenth downwind, I'm going to make that correction. And most of the time I do upwind too. But I on this instance, for whatever reason, I remember seeing one go left and went, ah, it'll probably be fine because what if it picks up? Because I'm always – you're scared of the wind, you know. It, that's yeah. essentially what it is. It's fear, fear of the wind. Um and so I'll leave it there, and I'll just I shoot another one, and then boom, burn it off the left or right over. It was kind of almost like high over the shoulder ish, which in the middle you had more elevation because this this thing was like a I don't know what it, shape it was, but it looked like it, it had it was an ipsick with the whole um, underneath the rib cage cut off is what that target looked like. Right? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. That's right.
0: And so if you're in the middle, you had more elevation to deal with and uh i was not in the middle and seen one go left to center and then boom over the top and i went well well i don't know if so it looked to me like it was over top of that shoulder off the off the upwind side but it could have been just upwind and i saw the dust come out over above that shoulder for whatever reason but i know i was a smidge left to center on the shot before and if i would have made that correction i'd still hit the plate and I did that, you know, I, the thing was, is that it makes it even worse is I didn't do that just one time on that stage. I did it twice. Yeah. No, three times.
1: <laughs> what, missed... st- what stage is this?
0: Uh, our second to last one or our, no, our, okay. our third to last one.
1: Fi- the five position.
0: Yeah. The, and you shot, and okay, you shot the vertical about. one and then you shot the horizontal one. And yeah, the horizontal yeah. one's the one that looked, that had the head to it. Yeah. yeah. And make. Ma- you know what, I think I only missed that one twice. I think the other ones, the wind the wind was constantly dying on me on this stage. Um, I went from holding like 1-1 one, one or something like that to hit the first one to um, holding 3 tenths to hit the last like 5 hits. But yeah. I missed 4 rounds in this stage. Making good corrections is a thing. I, I thought I was making good corrections, but I didn't make those corrections on the plate. Like that's what made me mad is if I would have made those corrections on the plate like which I usually do but I wasn't as stable as I should have been because um, it was a tripod stage and I for whatever reason just wasn't quite as stable I mean I was stable enough to hit all those targets hundred yeah. percent but just wasn't as good as I like and man that was that made me mad but anyways th- those types of mistakes if you got if I, if a guy can isolate them that's those are the ones that I think that are really um, a big deal. Bigger deal than people yeah. think be, because there's no emotion attached to that. And honestly, most people wouldn't wouldn't have uh, – I think most people don't even think about those.
1: When, I mean, they are the ones, like you said before, that – those small ones like that are the ones that take you from first to second. Yep. I mean – That little bit, it may seem minuscule, but, I mean, all you needed was, what, four or five more points or something like that? And you dropped four on that stage, and you felt like it was because of a mental deal. Even though you were doing what you felt like you should be doing, you weren't making the corrections on the plate like you felt like you should have been.
0: Yep. No, I, I, yeah, for sure. Which, and that's me kind of, be like, uh trying to isolate some things that I need to work on, you know, and because I, you know, I'm sure there's some other things that if I, if I think about them, I'll get, I'll get there and think about it. But I do know yeah. there are some days that that is the right call is to be comfortable upwind. But, yeah. but on that particular stage where a hundred percent, it's the winds dying, then I should have been comfortable on the downwind side of the plate and I would have been yeah. better off. but, Man, that's just not – and if I'm going to choose a place to miss one, I would choose to miss it up win, but, man, it just still eats you alive when you start thinking, like, I could have made that correction. If I would have made that correction, I would have hit that target. If I hit that target, say I pick up four more points on that stage, pick four more points on the next stage, I win that match by a little bit.
2: Yeah.
0: Because I think I did – I mean, I had a couple elevation deals on the next one, but still, that wouldn't have cost me winning the match. It would have been, it would have been other stuff. So, that's a. You know what? I finished that last stage that I, we were talking about. I finished it at straight up. It's the next one that I finished at three tens. That's oh, two. Really? That's two in a row where it was dying on me, and that ate me alive when it when it well, was going it, from the strong weird. to di- to just dying to yeah. almost dead. And that's what killed me is because. That really exposed that flaw in my game. That's what really just bugs me is because I dropped eight points. I had only dropped up to that point. I would only dropped eight points in the whole day. Well, that's what I was going to say. That was your only
1: three bad stages. Or two two bad. Yeah, two because the last one you cleaned.
0: Yeah, I cleaned the last one and the one before that I think I was the high of the match with 11. Was it? It might have been. Somebody might have cleaned it, but I don't think many people did. Yeah. Um, that was that was a tough stage out of that doghouse.
1: That was you had to be
0: hauling
2: butt. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, all in all, I felt like I shot good. I didn't shoot my best for sure. In those, did. And you shot good. The last two stages really, or the last, um, the our second to last and third to last stages, they really exposed that one flaw. Uh, well, it's not my only flaw, but it, it's one that that I can isolate right now, and it's something that I can understand and think about, which, in my mind, that's 99% of fixing something. It's way easy to fix... It's, it's super easy to fix something if you understand what it is. Like and just, you're aware that it's there. Yeah, if I'm... Aw- because, honestly, that's mental. That's That one thing is mental, so I don't even need to practice it almost. I mean, I will... Yeah. I, but it's hard to practice that. it's more of just being aware of it um and then then I know like, hey, don't be a retard, make a correction, measure, correct, and move on like don't try to yeah. don't try to um don't be comfortable anywhere but in the middle of a plate
1: yep, yep, and like you said, being aware of it is i mean that was. The moral of my entire weekend, I was brought, or something was made aware to me that I didn't know was going on, and I didn't even think I needed to fix it until I was told about it at the end of the match.
0: So, yeah, why don't we talk about that?
1: Yeah, uh, we'll call me Mr. Slappy Trigger here for <laughs> the next little bit, I guess. I so like talked about it to preface ago, this, but,
0: Brady is good on most on most trigger pulls, and uh, and really. I mean, it's hard to be perfect. Like, um, it is very, very hard. It, I um to be perfect on your trigger finger. There are people out there that are um, well, they they appear to be because they don't punch it v- visually, um, which I think is huge. Like, because there's a lot of people that are that have their finger on the trigger and think squeeze, squeeze now, and still hold it back, yeah. but. But yet, that still doesn't because if they're going squeeze squeeze now, uh, you're that that's not a good trigger pull.
1: Yeah. So well, and I think the one thing for me where it happens the most, and Jake is the one that brought this to my attention as well, and, or he just said it. And when he said, "I think it happens to you a lot of times in a high stress situation," and normally. I don't get too stressed too bad, but when there's a lot of movement and we had quite a few 12 round stages this weekend, and I know that time is going to be tight. That's when I, I think I get real bad. And again, I didn't notice. I mean, when he told me what I was doing, I, I would have never believed you. I wish somebody would have videoed it because even still, I, I felt like I was coming back onto the trigger shoe, pulling the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Squeezing through the pole. I Like, I did not think I was slapping at all. And he's like, I watched you on the tank trap stage. And you literally went from the front of your trigger guard, you came back slow, and then just gained momentum as you came back and hit the trigger shoot. I was like, man, really? Like, I I did not know I was doing that. And i kind of embarrassed to say that, to be honest. As much as I pulled the trigger, I feel like I should never do it anymore. But I think... The one in particular that he saw on was the tank trap stage. It was a 12-round stage, and you had to be going pretty quick. I think I just was – I it induces a little more stress because it's 12 rounds. You're worried about getting through. You pretty well had to use a tripod on that, so I was kind of worried about dicking with the tripod. And I think I just – I worry about time more than I should now because I think if I had a timed out with one shot on a couple of stages, I think I'd have shot a lot better – Majority of those stages been with a perfect trigger pull.
0: Yeah, hang on two seconds. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to say
2: something. How to say
0: something? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know how to say, say this guy. I, I didn't what? know how to say this guy's name. Ah, uh, so. Uh, well, I keep thinking. I kept thinking about this quote, so I've been googling it, trying to f- figure it out. And it's a oh. Greek philosopher called Archilochus. I had to figure out how to say that name. <laughs> so Archilochus was <laughs> uh, a Greek philosopher, and he said, "We don't rise to the level of our expectations; we fall to the level of our training."
2: Yeah.
0: Um Sounds a good one. So, and this I think is a hundred percent. Oh boy. Um. So. Anyways, so what I was thinking about is in those situations of stress. This is why I think it's more of like when you say, "Oh, it's only in stressful situations," because that's when our brain is our brain uh, is tied up in other stuff, right? We're we're obviously yes. thinking about. Whatever it is that you're stressed about that's what you're thinking about so in those moments is when you fall back to the level of your training and yeah. when I, that's why I consider though a trigger pull a conscious that I think it needs to be conscious right uh, some people say it's mu- muscle memory, but I just don't think that it can be um, consist is consistent if it is muscle memory yeah. Because there's something, I mean, I do think it can get there. I, I do think it can get there. Um, I think there's a way, right? I think Jake's yeah. probably is because he's done it for years, but I think, I don't think that's the fastest way to get a perfect trigger pull because it takes years.
1: No, but it is a way to get there. And I think, I mean, I, at this point, I've put, kind of my heart and soul into this game if i that means i need to dry fire 500 times a day then i'm fine with that i i mean might be hard to do it some days i'm a pretty busy guy but he told me he's like i don't care if you have to dry fire 500 times a day six days a week for two years to get it out of your head to do that but eventually you need to get to where you can pull the trigger hold it back watch where your bullet goes and just have it be a conscious thing that happens whether you're stressed or not and learn to live with a stressful situation and do the same thing every time whether it's 12 rounds 10 rounds nine rounds and however many positions so my my trigger pulls get better
0: when i'm stressed
2: yeah, mine too much. i
0: think they get better anyways because yeah. honestly the more stressed i get the more i think about my trigger because and you
1: probably focus better I need to focus better when I'm stressed
0: Yeah, but instead of stressing. But why do you, but why do you, so my thing is, is, uh, I guess I would say, what do you think about when you're stressed?
1: Running out of time has been my big thing lately. Cause for a long time I was timing out a lot, which is funny because in the times I was timing out <laughs> or the times I was shooting my best, which is funny because I was probably timing out cause I was making sure everything was perfect before I pulled the trigger And then while I pulled the trigger versus now, I think I'm so worried about timing out because it bugs me when I time out that I'm not thinking about my trigger. I'm thinking about, oh, I got to hurry so I don't run out of time. When if I dropped five or four or three making crappy trigger pulls versus timing out with one or two left, I would have got more impacts. Yeah. Whether I timed out or not, you know? Yep. That's my main. That was my main takeaway from this match. Was I need to slow down, and I I actually didn't think about it until it was where we shot out of that tower thing at the poppers at three hundred yards. Yeah, and I just I saw where the first one hit on the first plate. It went from like a four inch, was it a four inch to a two inch popper at like three hundred. They weren't they weren't big and they were skyline, but it. I saw where the first one hit. And the wind was going back and forth quick enough that I was like, I'm just going to run through it as fast as I can. And I got done. And Jake goes, geez, slow down, man. And I was like, well, I did it so that the wind didn't switch. But at the same time, if I just slowed down because I missed my very last one, which was dumb of me because I, I thought I saw where the one went before on the plate. Clearly, I didn't. But... If I had slowed down, I mean, I had all, oh, but I did that stage in barely over a minute. I would assume it wasn't very long, and I, yeah, I, I think I, I need to focus more on slowing down and making better trigger pulls.
2: Than yeah, need to worry about time. which,
0: in my mind, I think, <clears throat> I think the shortcut to good trigger pulls is making it a conscious effort, um, and I guess <clears throat> maybe the way I've. Uh, the way I explain it, just saying that it's conscious isn't good enough. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I think that uh, it's like, I think what I'm saying makes sense to me, but I don't know that it makes sense to everybody else because I'm like, oh, it needs to be conscious. People are like, oh, okay, what do you mean? Well, I think there's things that we do subconsciously and there's things that we do consciously while we're shooting, right? Yeah. Like, like you, you get solid, um, on a barricade. Say, say you have, okay, let's talk about what stage do you want? To, okay. Let's just talk about the stage. You just talked about the poppers. You get solid on that subconsciously. You, like you don't think, yeah. oh, I need to move my bag this way and I need to do this, this way. Like yes. you, you don't f- have I that agree. thought. You don't say I you need just to know be- how to get there. Yeah. You just do it. It just happens because you've done it enough that it just happens, right? Yes. You get a hold of everything, you do it, and then and then and then you think about the wind, right? That's that's what you're thinking about about the whole time that you're shooting that stage, I'm guessing, right? Yes. That's what yes. occupies your mind. My my argument is is when the bolt closes, and in my process, I go level, and I'm level now, and then as soon as my fing- as soon as my wind is on the target. And really, it's kind of a split. I just think trigger, and my finger touches the trigger, and I put my before before I think squeeze. I'm like checking the conditions, and then I and I think okay, that's what I want to hold for wind. And then I start, and then I say squeeze in my mind, and then it and then as soon as that happens, it's like a whole different part. Like I no longer am thinking about anything except for s- just um, slowly adding pressure to the trigger until the gun goes off. Now, I I know the gun's going to go off in the next second, probably, from when I start doing that to two seconds, but I don't know exactly when. And I think that's important. Uh, Me and Nick Godarzy were were, um, talking after this match about trigger pulls um, because, honestly, I just wanted to pick his brain. And then he goes, when we get done with the conversation, he goes, you know what's fun? I'm glad I got to pick your brain. I was like, well, that was what I was trying to do to you pick your brain (laughs) (laughs) so anyways but it was just a good talk we were having about um pulling trigger because i mean that's he's really big on pulling um squeezing the trigger making good trigger pulls jake's really big on it um like really the big guy i mean and and jake and nick and john are the guys that i i've always looked up to from this region yeah like I agree. Those are kind of like my heroes of the game, like, out here. I mean, there's some other guys that I look up to, um, but, I mean, but those guys, I feel like they're some of the only guys that really, I mean, when they go anywhere they show up to, they're deadly. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying there's not other guys, but they are. No,
1: there is, but they're, I mean, they've been in it for a long time. Like I've told you, it's weird for me which maybe they'll hear this. I don't know, but it's weird to me now. I, I I do say, or I do feel I'm kind of friends with them now. And it's weird to go from a couple of guys that they were the guys I knew of in this sport before I started. And then you go and you hang out with these guys and you spend a weekend with them and you realize they're just a normal guy. Yeah. But they have, they're deadly for a reason. And, and, I guess I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but well, it, it's you
0: yeah, got to meet your heroes.
1: It kind of and well, I had a point to the whole thing, and then I kind of lost my train of thought for some reason.
0: You I got a Star I lost <laughs> <trying> to... <laughs>
1: No, no I, Well, <laughs> I cannot remember what the point was. I had it in my head the whole thing, and yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but it's it's cool to learn from. The guys who I mean, you're. I've learned a bunch from you, and I consider you. I mean, you've taught me basically everything I know. But it is cool to hear it from other people, and like, just know that there's other people out there that are just. They might be the best, and oh, there's more than one person that's the best, I guess. But I don't know. I it's cool to see some of the older guys too. That, I mean, you've kind of been dominating everything right now, but it's cool to see those guys matching. stuff. oh
0: yeah, no, those are good dudes, man, and they're and they're really good shooters. So,
2: yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're good
0: cute. for a reason. They didn't just like show up one day. And start, no, I mean th- these boys, like you don't beat them um, by getting lucky. No, because uh, they're gonna come at you. And Uh, and I like that, honestly. I mean, me and Jake were talking after the match, and he's like, you know, it kind of sucks because we have to shoot against each other because we live somewhat close together, and pretty soon we're going to live even closer together. I know. I'm jealous you're
2: moving up there.
0: So, but, I mean, that means when I show up to a match and I win a match, I mean, I had to be some really freaking good guys.
1: Yeah. Um, Or same with you. Yeah, it's it's more fun when there's the good... Like all the good guys are there. These last two matches we've shot, there's been some really good shooters there, and it's been fun because oh, you know there is no room for error. Like you better bring your A game.
0: No, there's no free lunch at those matches. Yeah, you win because you you deserved it. You know. Yep. Yep. Um. So back to being conscious, subconscious, all that stuff. I mean, I think there are certain people that can subconsciously break trigger pulls really good, but I'm not there. Well, at least I don't, and I don't know, based on what I understand, I don't know that I'll ever be there because I have a tendency to slap the trigger.
1: Uh, See, and that's my issue right now. If I consciously, like you've taught me when we practice, talk yourself through it out loud if you have to. Like, tell yourself, okay, level and your whole process, whatever your process is but when you're pulling the trigger talk to yourself as you do it don't, and I think that's why I've gotten to where I'm slapping it because I don't, I haven't done that for the last little while and it's showing
2: looking up something yeah. else <clears throat> hang on hey there. oh, I can hear you now yeah, my phone, my,
0: my stinking computer just is not connected. To, it keeps connecting to some, my wife, my, not my Wi-Fi, but my other deal. It's bugging the crap no. out of me. But anyway, so I guess I can't look it up right now. But so you, you bring up a good point because I, in practice, um, 100% try to verbalize um, my my process, right? And I try to overemphasize um, perfection in there. Um, So, anyways, I I think that, so when I practice a trigger pull um, and when I'm doing it while I'm shooting, those actual words come to my mind, but they'll never come to your mind. Like, you're never going to be thinking (laughs) the word, like... You might level your gun, and then in your mind you're like, oh, I thought about leveling." You know, level. Yeah. You might. I said the word "level" in my mind, and then you think trigger. Oh, I touched the trigger without the gun going off. You know, I touched the trigger, but I didn't pull the trigger yet. So it's a, it's just like yeah, my finger is on the trigger, but I not pull it yet. Yeah. And you might think that, but yet the word doesn't come to your mind, and then and then you think squeeze. You start squeezing the trigger, but the word really never comes to your brain. Um, but the only way that that's ever gonna happen, in my opinion. And I make people do this that shoot with me. And I've made you do this too. But but I think it's something that, that um, and I do it myself. I don't, like, you almost got to go stand, I, I think. It's almost like um you got to go, whether, when you're dry firing, I think this is one place where dry firing could be good. Uh, well, it has been good for me because this is, I did do this during dry fire. And it's something that, uh, that, Like when I go and say I haven't shot for like a month, but yet I got to go to a match in three days, this is something I'm going to go out and do because if you don't break the trigger perfectly every time, you cannot trust where your bullet goes.
2: Yeah,
0: It's where it's really hard to um, because you're inducing something in there and it's really hard, hard to see where your bullets go if you slap the trigger because... You induce vibration and movement into your shooting platform by not breaking the trigger perfectly and not following through by not holding it back. You got Even the slightest
1: little bit is Yes. Create the vibration it creates is messing with your side picture.
0: Yes. And and I used to in my shot process, it used to be level, trigger, squeeze, freeze. That used to be part of, that used to be one of the things I used to say. Yeah. Um but the thing is is uh, if you say squeeze freeze, it's like, mm, you can't really say it because the word doesn't really apply until you, until that situation's already done. Right. Like,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I and honestly, Jake talking to Jake this weekend is something that kind of brought me back to my f- saying freeze is cause I, for it's not that I forgot about it, but I just hadn't thought about it in a while. Um, but so I will I will stand over and run one prop from one position with a shot timer and not really care about my time, but I'm going to close a bolt and as soon as my bolt clears my level, because I use the chassis level, I've talked about this a bunch, people can use whatever level, that's when I, I say out loud and I say it verbally, I say level and then I do it. And then I say trigger and then my finger touches the trigger and I say this verbally like a retard i stand over there and i shouldn't say that come on
2: like <laughs> yeah,
0: like, say. like a uh like a crazy person how about that like i i stand there over go. there like a loon and i'm like level and i say level out loud and then i say trigger and then i touch the trigger and then i say squeeze And, and it's like a squeeze, but the, the gun better not go off until I'm done saying squeeze. And then it might be another second to a half second after that, that all of a sudden the gun goes boom. And then I think in my brain freeze, I want that the trigger just to stay where it's at because, because I don't want to induce any movement into the shooting platform. I just want the gun to go back and to, and to my body position to absorb the recoil, like my body position. I set my body up. Um, I make sure my gun is indexed with me properly so that it you know the recoil goes straight up. I watch the recoil because I want my recoil going straight up or or relatively straight up, whether it goes up um, and within a mil or so of the reticle going straight up. Um, I think squeeze and freeze is kind of the next thing I'm thinking of. I just don't say freeze out loud anymore because it's like if I say freeze, it's like, well, my jaw is definitely inducing something in there. <laughs> So I'm just, it's like, boom. And I just, I just, I just like think to myself, the gun free, like just free, my whole body just not doing anything. And, uh, and that helps me to be able to see, and I just bore a hole in the target and watch exactly where the bullet goes. And, uh, and then after where the bullet, when I see the bullet go to the, to the target, um, I had this question online. Somebody asked me, um, recently, um, do you measure your, uh, do you measure impact before or after you cycle the bolt? And I would say depends preferably because I talked about not pushing. I don't try to push the rifle back to the middle. I just try to catch the rifle and let it stop wherever it's going to stop as fast as possible. Um, sometimes if I see exactly where it went, I will, um, wrap, wrap the bolt and then, and then go back measure and correct. I don't prefer that way. I've tried it both ways. It seems to be sixes. Either I was way, just say I, it
1: kind of depends on the situation. I agree with that because I know I do it both ways.
0: I know I do it both ways too. But I I prefer if I'm trying to be as most precise as possible. That's when I'll see the bullet where it goes. Then I push my reticle back to the middle, and then I and then I yes. cr- measure incorrect. But I do not. I want to see the bullet before I ever move. Like because I'm Damn. freezing until the bullet hits the target. Um, um, so I think you really got to be careful, um, because, cause I, uh, you do, do want the bullet to hit before you start moving back to then measure. Um, but I don't think it's bad to measure either way, but it's harder in my opinion to measure afterwards if you don't know exactly where it went perfectly. Yeah. And I think that it, it only saves you like a half a second.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, too, I I measure before I run the bolt, it seems to be more when I was really off on my wind. I yep. can think of one stage this weekend Yep, on the the top-bottom diamonds. I pulled the trigger, and I think I went up there with six or seven tenths, and I can't remember, and it hit at, like, one and a half, and that threw me off, so before I did anything... Because I wanted to know exactly and it was fresh on my mind, I remember, pulled the trigger, watched where it went, I measured, and then brought it back over, then ran my bolt. So I know I did it that way then. Yeah.
0: Yep. No, and I I don't think that that's I think that there's no real right or wrong answer to that. I think it's depends situationally. But I do agree that when you, the farther you are off, the more the faster you want to measure. Um, yeah. where you went and i know for
2: sure that's when i do
0: it yep and i do agree well and i and I, I yeah that's the way i do it but i i really think a guy needs to measure every time and so yep, i think a lot of times probably when i hit the plate and i measure where i want to measure where i hit on the plate and i see where i hit or if i'm like Oh, it rocks left and if it rocks left and I can't see exactly where it is, then sometimes I'm just going to put my reticle right back where it was, then make an estimate of where it, where I think it was and then I add to that point. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Then I just slide my reticle over. And that's after I've already ran the bolt. I do yeah. that a lot. So I agree. So when it's on the plate, I think a lot of times I do it on, I do it um, after I've ran the bolt already before I'm about to ready to shoot because I put my reticle right back to the plate a lot of times when I miss like a skyline target uh, I will I so this is a, a tip for you guys to maybe remember and write down because this is uh, something that people should do quite regularly um, so I and maybe I've already talked about this but say that you're, you need to, you're like, man, I don't know where that round went. Um, You need to make an educated guess of which side of the plate you thought it went. And then you put your wind right back in the middle of the plate. So say you're, it's a four tenth wide plate and you're holding a half a mil. um, You have a half mil dead center in the middle of the plate. You pull the trigger. I don't know where it went, but you think it went downwind um, because you see the Mirage pretty heavily left or, or right to left. And so you were holding uh or say let's go left to right. Um so the wind's going left to right pretty strong in the Mirage. And you were it's a four tenth wide plate, you were holding a half tenth or I mean half mil left. That means that uh on the upwind side of the plate is about one tenth, and on the downwind side of the plate was about seven tenths. Correct? No, sorry, no. sorry, two tenths.
1: On the up one side?
0: Yeah. No, three. What? How big a gap was that? Gosh, my...
1: Yeah, three-tenths.
0: That was a three-tenths gap because if you have a half mil dead center in the middle and two-tenths left of that would be three-tenths and then... But you're like, there's no way that there wasn't more than three-tenths of wind. So you look at... So I put the half mil plate... So I run my bolt and I don't know where it hit. So I put my half mil right back in the middle of the plate and then I look at the downwind side of the plate... And I go, okay, that's 7 tenths. So I take my 7 tenths mark, which is just barely shy of my 3 quarter, and I take that over to the other side, and I put that like, I don't know, a half a tenth to a tenth inside the other edge of the plate, and then I pull the trigger. And now I have from about, let's call it 6 tenths. Let's just call it 6 tenths because, so now I've covered 6 tenths to a mil. So in two shots, I know that, Cause I know one thing that from three tenths to seven tenths didn't work. But you gotta account for a little bit of position. You gotta account for your rifle and a couple other things, right? Because we're not perfect. That's why you only I I call it my ninety percent rule. Sometimes it turns into seventy five percent, but it's it but it's no no less than seventy five. Um, and so anyways, so I so that's six tenths to a mil. Now if you miss again. You're and and you've never written down a mill on your your card, you know. Well, frick, I better hold. I better go way. the other way. And you, but anyways, you've covered in that. You've covered seven tenths of wind, and then but say the next time you shoot, you put your half mill back in the middle of the plate, or if you want to go more, then you put then you put um you put you will go back to what you previously held, and then look at the downwind side and keep going. But I but. Most likely, it's not. And most likely, the wind probably just died on you and the Mirage hasn't caught back up. So then I go back, put the half mil in the middle plate, look at, and there's three tenths. Put three tenths inside of the downwind edge. And that means that I'm, I'm, so let's, um, so, so that's more like, uh, gonna be, um, four tenths, right? So that means you're gonna ha- basically hold zero, have zero. To four tenths covered, so now you have the whole left wind to n- no wind covered,
2: and and at some point in there, you in one of it
0: those it. shots, within three, sh- so within three shots, you're gonna get one hit for sure, almost, and that's a not a huge plate. That's a the huge. That's a huge margin of error. That's a full Zero. most of the time, like on a half mil to a six tenth plate, you can cover about everything that you could imagine in two shots. And so you should only miss one, period. Uh, um, Even if you don't know where it went, just by using that method. So, I don't know exactly where, oh, I don't know exactly where I was going with that. But (laughs) I I went there.
1: Hey, that's something good to talk about. That's a good tip because, I mean, you, have well, when was it? when we stopped and shot at the range before we headed to two Oh yeah. Had, we, I showed you that. I mean,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. And I, I mean, I've heard you talk about it and I, I feel as though it hadn't I hadn't seen a it, portion like, of it, but I hadn't done it to that extent.
0: Yeah. You, Cause you, you probably would have hit on your next shot, but you wouldn't have, sti- you wouldn't, wouldn't given have given yourself centered. your uh, statistical advantage, if that
1: makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Which exactly. that's what I'm looking for. It gives for. you
1: a way higher statistical advantage when you go the ninety percent deal versus going I mean, I probably only a lot of times go forty or fifty percent.
0: Which is like to me, that's basic you know what forty or fifty percent of most targets is? Not a whole lot. <laughs> a quarter mil. And yeah, I know. I'm telling you right now, if you don't know where it went, it probably missed by more than a tenth and to center yeah. is usually quarter. So that means it definitely yep. wasn't that most of the time. Yeah. You're missing by three or more from center yep. and so i i like to move in the in the realm of three to five tenths or more Yeah, that's why i think you got to think of of corrections in sizes of plates almost sometimes and and then walk them to the middle but people that's a really tough thing for people because people want to just get on a plate and then and then that's that's another mental mistake that'll get people big time as they just move um tenths of a mil and when i talk about tenths of a mil correction i'm talking because i do a lot of measuring the plate and moving or measuring the correction and moving um and so i move if i miss something i move a lot where when i talk about a tenth of a mil correction i'm talking about uh i i thought i hit a tenth left to center and then i make that that correction um, which that's kind of where we were talking about earlier. I think where I was going with that was you can't trust if you're not if you don't make that perfect trigger pull, it's really hard to trust that. And that makes it to where to where you start to lose faith because when you start um, making bad trigger pulls and then you miss a target because of a bad trigger pull, measure where you missed and then correct based off that and then go off the other side. It's really yeah, it's disheartening
2: wrong anyways. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then you and then you true. stop trusting your corrections. And then, and then guys start making weaker and weaker corrections.
1: Yeah. Well, you get frustrated. You start not thinking the way you should be because you're mad and you just want the stage over with.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, you listen to Chris Way's podcast, and the way he um, he talks about most people, um, their shooter number is way higher than what they think. And if you guys have listened to that, the shooter number is, uh, if you shoot it, basically you could just take they do what I've done a lot at 100 yards. <laughs> Um, is I just take uh, one to two inch dots, put them at hundred yards and then I'll shoot positions and stuff like that off of them just to see where I'm at and make sure that I'm holding with uh, a good group. And, you know, most of the time my groups, if it's off a solid position, they look similar to what I, I do off of a bench with the bag and bipod, which that's something to strive towards. But also sometimes, but I mean, if it's a wobbly position, you know, it might open up to an inch or more. Um, but I don't think most of the time I can settle it to, to make it, you
1: know, at least half inch. Um, nowadays, unless it's like a tire or something that's rolling or a barrel that is rolling, you can get pretty solid on just about anything with the gear that's available. Yeah,
0: but it's, it's just managing the recoil to see where every round goes. That's the big deal. But, um, so it, but that drill will highlight your trigger pull really well. And it's, and so that's a place where you start thinking about your trigger pulls. Right. And so then you start, um, so I don't think that's a bad place to go to try to work on your trigger pull because you will start to think about your trigger pulls when you're shooting paper, because you'll see the direct effects of it.
2: Yep. Instantly,
0: instantly. Um, but yeah, I think, I think isolating the trigger pulls, um, Like me, me, I do that quite frequently. Like I will stand over in the corner, like a loon, um, that's a better word, (laughs) like a loon and, and stand over there and just, um, talk to myself. Um, I do a similar thing when, in, uh, troop lines, um, which is a story for another time, but yeah. So what are you thinking about, what are you going to do to uh, kind of fix some of the stuff you've been thinking about?
1: Either dry, well, mix of dry fire, I'm just going to do a lot of trigger pulling, whether that's, and good trigger pulling, not go out and just run 10 round stages to, I'm going to really focus on follow through, squeezing the trigger, just... the. The thing that really gets me, I guess, with this whole thing is my level is such a, su- a subconscious thing. Like, I I I know I check my level every time because I always catch myself looking at it. And before I had my process to where it was, I knew when I looked at my level, the next thing was triggered. And it frustrates me that that's gone away. So that's, I do think that is my main hurdle right now. So that's my main focus is going to be just breaking crisp clean trigger pulls if it was me and i was you dry fire and live fire
0: i would i would focus on looking like the biggest retard at the range (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) well like i'd stand over there like a crazy person and talk to myself yeah i don't i don't
1: care what anybody else thinks. yeah if if i look down then
0: i would i tell people this all the time you know this i've never been emasculated by winning
2: by winning yeah Uh, yeah
0: whatever it takes um yeah i would talk to myself
1: no I, I i'm gonna hopefully try and shoot at some point this week it's gonna the week's going away wait for me pretty quick since i just got home today but or not today yesterday I got some stuff i gotta get done but definitely over the next this will be the longest break i've had for the last little while so i'm gonna focus on it pretty hard and wish I was going to Canon this weekend now I didn't want to go because I don't want to be gone now I really wish I was going
0: yeah I forgot um Paul Hagley's going I'm gonna have to call him and I know I'm jealous I'm jealous too frick I wonder it's weird that you're not going <laughs> dude uh yeah I it's very weird it's weird for me to even like think that I'm not going
1: yeah yeah I should have went. I've never even been there and with the finale being there it would have been a smart idea but it's hard to be gone every weekend, man. I can handle a couple in a row, but it's hard to do five or six in a row. Yeah. I Yeah. Where are um, you going next? I think my, the next one I'm signed up for is the Hunter match. girls Hunter match, as far as I know, the one in price. I don't have any other centerfire stuff lined up right now that I can think of. I was going to look at the schedule real quick.
2: Um or not center fire, I guess. The hunter matches are center fire, but as far as the PS stuff. Oh, you're going to some so twenty-two I... matches? No. no. I don't even have a twenty-two anymore. I sold that thing.
1: You did? Um I did, yeah. I should sell I should... mine. <sighs> I I can't I don't have time to focus on everything. Life's busy I enough. I just want to focus on that and I'll shoot the hunter matches when they're close. I just want to focus on PRS, which, Yeah. I mean, it's great to do all the shooting you can do. I get that, but I 22s just frustrated me, so I felt
2: it was the best thing for me to just not do it.
0: <laughs> uh what frustrated you about what frustrated you about uh 22s? Uh
1: a lot of it was it didn't matter. I've now had The two main high-end 22s, I don't even have to say their name because I'm sure everybody knows what they are. The feeding issues drive me so insane, It all it did was make me mad when I would go shoot. Because if you run the bolt faster, you even slightly short-stroke your bolt, you would either jam one in or with the one action if you don't feed it perfectly. It feeds great, but if you are ever in a hurry and you short-stroke one, you better have a pocket knife with you to pry that round out of there because it doesn't grab it, it yeah and it's not it in, in the, the first thousand it. rounds right no
0: i don't so they kind down. of lull <laughs> you to sleep right yeah that's what i've heard it's, about those
1: yeah I, we I won't just name names everything.
0: but you know uh,
1: i don't know everybody then, knows. i mean they shoot great it's it was well they shoot great if that lot of ammo shoots great that was the other thing or like the flyers drove me insane like you'd be shooting even with some pretty high-end ammo and stuff that would shoot good most of the time, but then, I mean, you could sit and shoot a 10-round group at 100 yards, and you would have one or two a lot of times that were not right in there. Or you might shoot 10 groups at 100 yards, and they were fine, and then all of a sudden you start having flyers here and there. I don't know. It just... It was so frustrating. Every time I'd go, like, I'm... I don't know. The other thing is... Well, we don't even need to talk about it. The... When you go to a match and the top eight are separated by one impact, we need to start either making targets smaller or something. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and I think people wanted the X to fill that void. Yeah. And I think it does, but, man, I think that, uh, well, you go to the NRL 22 matches, and I, dude, I've only been to two of them, so I can't speak. No, I've been to quite a few. You've been to a lot, so I can't speak too much to it, but because I I just—I mean—I immediately knew that it was not my thing. Like,
1: and at the beginning, I was
0: good at it. it Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But but it wasn't my thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's
1: not for everybody. I I do think I loved it at first. I thought it was great. And if you want to go, if you want to go shoot a bunch. I think it's awesome. If you're just in this sport and just to pull the trigger, you want to go shoot, hit some steel. It is fun. It's when you're really trying to get down into the nitty gritty and you want to win every time you go, and like you have no control over your ammo, so that's not always perfect. And then you got feeding issues. Honestly, the feeding issues are the main the main reason I got out. I got so sick of stuff not feeding; it wasn't fun. Yeah, Which, so
0: if you're like us, I, and I, that's honestly why I can't do it. Uh, yeah, I figured I, that out. Uh, I went to the last one, and I, I borrowed was one. Say the last
1: one you were at. Oof, yeah.
0: I borrowed one the time before, and I won that match like ha- no problem. Yeah. Uh, and then, and it was right-handed rifle, and I'm left-handed, but I didn't care. I was just I was just going to shoot. I put my trigger in it, um, and then holy crap i go to this last one with my own gun but i hadn't like proved anything i shot round. i figured i'll just kind of zero it when i get there and like i had never shot the gun it had never been shot and how and <laughs>
1: yeah. it, <was> so <laughs> it took bad. me
0: 45 minutes just to get the gun to just go bang because i yeah. showed up to zero and i wasn't thinking much about it i didn't want know well Turns out Bergara had not even... So like I, I show up and I'm like, what the crap? My, it's my trigger. Because I put a new trigger in it the night before. Yeah, it
2: wouldn't even... yeah It
0: wouldn't yeah. even uh, set a round off. So, and luckily, another guy with a left-handed Bergara was standing there. And I said, can I borrow your bolt? And he says, yeah. So I put his bolt in it and boom, it goes off. So I was like, oh, okay. Which, how... The fact that somebody with a left-handed berger was just standing right next, or right <laughs> that, next to me, that is bizarre. blows my mind. Yeah. And uh, so I start looking at the so I and I immediately I already had the bolt out and was looking at it, inspecting it. And their caulking piece is funky, um, because I, I think it's a bayonet cocking piece. I cannot remember, uh, but there's like a screw in it, and that like bottoms out the firing pin. And if you didn't know, like I'm sitting there just staring at this thing like, what the crap? And I finally, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's what it is. And I start screwing this thing in and messing with it. And pretty soon I get the thing to actually go off. And I went, oh, my gosh. So Bergara sent the bolt, like, non-functional. So if it would have been most people, that would have been, like, people on the phone, customer service trying to figure out what's going on. Not saying, not saying, I'm anything special. It's just I. No, I, I mean looked stuff at
2: happens.
0: It. I looked at yeah. it, and I and I get it. Who knows why? It doesn't matter. But I, am just dang lucky I was looking at it. But then, then it didn't matter because then it didn't feed.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did not feed at all. I you're, like yeah, every you're round, worse every off. round. <laughs> yeah, it was bad.
0: Uh, I had to hold my. After a while, I figured out I needed to hold my mag a certain way. And then I also figured out that that's a common issue with them, and that if you put some yeah. stuff on the mag, um, you have to put a, like a little bit of epoxy on the mag, file it down till it fits, and then it helps your mag sit a certain direction, yeah. and then they feed flawlessly. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, turns out that would have been good to know like a while ago. Yeah. But I mean,
2: yeah, that
0: it's fine. It's just more work like than I want to do. It's the same as like tuning an AW mag though. Like, if you tune an AW mag with a Dasher, they will feed 100% yeah, on they, you. Like, like yes. it will be the best feeding mag that you'll ever have. You can run it into a, um, a bag. You can set your gun on top of it. You can do whatever you want, and those things are going to feed perfectly. Like, when people talk about Dasher not feeding right, I'm like, wow, what yeah. is wrong with you guys? You guys, I mean, yeah, I, when I, you I, get I done, know that's I, Go ahead.
1: Well, that's what I was just going to say is I'm so used to my centerfire gun. Like you said, when you get it tuned, they just run. Like, I very, very rarely, and it's generally something I did, whether it's wedging my mag or something, they just run smooth and flawless all the time. And then you hop on a 22, and they just don't.
0: Well, even even on a centerfire, like, if you get your mags perfect, they still... um, Oh, yeah. Like, I can do... So I spent a lot of time getting my my uh, my sit, my dasher mags running just flawless, and I can do just about anything to those things. Yes, and they're like you can do.
1: I would agree. I can. I um, have one. Here. Yeah, I have one that is so perfect. I hope that thing never goes away because it base it never fails.
0: Yep. Well, now it will. I know it real fast. I just realized
1: it. Yeah. But, anyways, more on that. I don't. The only the we've got that hunter match in price here in about a month. I am going to that, and then Hornady PRC after that. I the one thing. Well, I I don't think I'm going to the Punisher positional, but I'm trying to decide. You can't if I go to because the, Punisher, the hunter match is. Oh, I see. I I know, but I might not go to the hunter match. <laughs> I don't know. We'll committed. see. I. It's no, I know, and it I want to go to support borough, and I, I do like shooting a hunter match here and there for sure. The issue I'm running into, and you know, I my wife drew a really awesome elk tag this fall. Yep, and a lot of my time off work is going to be saved for that now. We're gonna, yep, put in, put in a solid 10 days worth of work to try and get a big bull killed, so that's gonna kind of cut into some of my travel time too. So I may not be traveling a whole lot more the rest of this year, so we'll see. Well, but definitely we'll be shooting a few more matches for sure. I hope you, I hope you do. We've well, been after pretty hard already. I think this weekend was my seventh match
0: this year. It was my sixth, so maybe it was my sixth. Thing. No, you went on more. Remember?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: Texas. Yep, should have been my seventh. Yeah, I don't know. I've got some so, goals that I I want to I want to accomplish. You know, as far as like. Um, I write them, I write them all down and I like to have stuff I'm working towards all the time. Um, as far as like, it usually has to do with my shooting and things like that. And now I've got another one, um, to work on. So, and hopefully I can get that, that sorted out, which I think that's just more mental than anything. So I th- I think the trigger pull is the same though.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, what? Yeah. Well, um, which what goals do you have right now? I should probably ask you that. Let you air them out.
1: <laughs> I think goals more than anything. I my goal is to go to a match and not make any mistakes on my part that were something I did, as in, I e trigger pull. Or a mental mistake, which I, I do feel like lately I've done pretty good on the mental side, other than on are a you really side. Are talking the egregious ones? Um, I don't know, just me in general, really, is all I was thinking. But I, I think more than anything, goals for future matches are to just do better. Whether that means I mean that's gonna come from me though, focusing on what I'm doing outside of a match, not how to match. I know I'm putting you back, on a spot. I,
0: I know I'm putting you on the spot, but what's your goal for the year?
1: My goal for the year as in Well just my overall goal is to finish in the top ten in the PRS. That's been I've told you that and I feel like that's Something I know I can do. It's hard right now. I mean, there is a lot of a lot of really good shooters right now, but I do know when I have a good day and I'm doing what I know I need to do, I know I can do it. And I know I can yeah. do it anyways, but I I for some reason this weekend was the one that really it made it apparent in my mind and I actually had that there was something somewhere match. to go. Yes, kind of. I Isn't it I more think, I think
0: that's more like it gives more hope than anything, right? Because, like, it's like,
2: yeah,
0: it sucks because you didn't shoot as good as you thought you should have, but at least you have somewhere to go. Yeah, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, well, and you gotta have a goal. I mean, anybody that's wanting to do good in the sport is gonna have a goal of doing their best for sure. But
0: I, yeah, but if you don't know how yeah. to where to what to improve on, good luck.
1: Yes, I uh, yes, exactly, and again. Like I said, had Jake not come up and said, or had, well, I guess you told me that he said something about it, but I would have never known. I'm glad that I now know it's something I'm going to work on and I'm going to get it to where it's no longer an issue. And I think that will allow me to achieve the top 10 goal. Yep. So I mean, the goal is to win. But so I'm guessing I'll your goal
0: you. is to put yourself in the position to where you can be in the top 10?
2: Yes, exactly.
0: For the, for, I guess I would say, so your whole, your total goal. So for anybody listening, this is how I develop my goals. I try to figure out my big goal, my big picture goal. Um, which this is probably something we should go through because why not? Um, so your main goal is finish top ten in the P.R.S. But it's it's uh you need to probably come up with a goal to get you to the, to where you can be in that in the position to capitalize on that. So, yeah. what's that? And you're good at
1: that. You're good at figuring that stuff out. And that's, like... Yeah, but it's a skill that where, you develop. No, it is. I agree. I didn't we, just wake up one and you day like, I'm good at
0: making goals.
1: <laughs> no, I know. I agree. And it... There is a lot that goes into meeting that goal. But I do think my shot process is one of the biggest things right now holding me back. And I feel like if I can figure that out that goal won't be all that hard well i know i can figure it out i just need to do it
0: let's call your next but, one make squad one
1: yeah well and i guess that equally i get that would go into the top 10 thing that was my goal yeah i know top 10 in the nation and squad one
0: i just want ma- to i was just want to
1: say yeah but i'm just saying
0: if you get into squad one then you can then you're in a position that you can then um then you put yourself in the best position to then finish in the top ten.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree. You, if you're going to finish in the top ten, you better be right up there and score. Sure. Mean,
0: can you do it? Uh, if you're in squad three, yes, but it's you better
2: you're having to make up ground.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah, a lot. So let's well, get in squad I, one. Yeah. But then, how do you get into squad one? This is where I, this is why I work backwards. I go from your big goals, like what's your year goal, and then okay. All right, so before December, you need to be sitting with probably 295 points or better. I
1: know,
2: yeah.
0: And
1: Well, and that's I a top five at every match would make me very happy, but also 95% at, at a match or 95 points at a match would need also more than that, be though. another one. That's true. I guess you would, huh? One, well, yeah, I only need, if I can get one more real good score, I think I'll be mighty close. I know.
0: But. I know. Yeah. Yes. I I mean, you've shot good. You've already won a match this year, right? Not, not this year. No, No. I got second. Second, but you still, you still got some. But that was that. I got
1: almost ninety eight points there, and then a ninety four. But then everything, for some reason, after (laughs) Texas is when things have gone downhill, and I've been, like you said, I had what a seventeenth, which was just beyond frustrating, and then I had, I've had three eighths in a row at matches that are. Hard matches, but I know I can do better, and I know I was yeah. in eight because of myself, not because the match was hard, because I know I could have hit more targets if I did what I know I needed to do.
0: Yeah. No, and you have the potential, so it's just... Yeah, and I know I can do it. So then you need... So then your next goal, like you said, get 95% or more at the matches that you shoot. Yeah. Um, that's so hard. I that's mean, tough. You, so you've got two more, yeah. you have two more of them that you need to do. So, and if, let's just say you do get a 295 or a 195. That's still only 285. Yeah. But. Well, and
1: I'm, I'm at 282 right now, so you are right. I definitely need, I need to go win one or. So, so you have a 190, something. you have a one,
0: or you have, you have a 97. So say you
1: get. a 97.7, I think. And then a 94.2 or something like that. So, I'm a 282. So something. say you
0: get another 98, that's a 195. Then if you win a match, you're you're at 195. Or or yeah. you're at 295. But say you, then you get another 95 plus that. That's a 290. That might make squad 1, that might be the top of squad 2. You you're going to have to basically I think you need to up your goal to two more 98s or above. I agree. No, or I,
1: 97. I completely agree. 97
0: yeah. times 3. Sorry. Ninety-seven times. Three.
2: That's
0: two. It two ninety-three. Or no, two ninety-one. Two ninety-one. Yeah. So. So let's. So, but that's. I mean, we. Maybe need. Ninety. So if you did two, um, two more ninety-eights with your ninety-seven, that's that's going to be ninety-three. That's getting closer. Yeah. So. Win a match.
1: Well, an ultimate ultimate goal is to go win that. Yeah, I,
0: obviously, but I think you need to have a goal of ninety seven or higher at two more matches.
2: Yeah,
0: which is either win a match. But I mean, that's just goal. I mean, that's that's a that's a goal that's based off of. So this is where goals get dangerous. Is you're talking about goals based off of placement, yeah. which, um, if you're measuring your success based off of other people, that's a that's an easy way to get depressed. Yeah. Um so I think that you need to you need to have those goals. They're okay, but then you need to adjust um your focus to something else. you need to be able to turn out because that's an outward look and you need to turn inward to be able to um you need to have inward benchmarks, right? Like you said, yeah. I need to go to the match and now you need to be thinking, Okay, I need to go to a match, make um, 200 out of 200 good trigger pulls. I need to, and then I need to make um, n- no mental mistakes. Um, whether those are egregious mental mistakes or um, little ones, like no mental mistakes, and then that's going to put you in a position where, where, it, say you lose doing that, then you just go shake the guy's hand because he outshot you, and that yeah. just is what it is.
1: Well, I was going to say and that is what it is. If I feel like I did everything I could do for the weekend then and got third or But fifth I guarantee or
0: you if you do those things, do those two things, just that's that's it. Like you just do those two that. things. That means you will probably I mean, you shoot freaking good. So I'm just saying you're probably going to go you will finish the match either first place or really dang close.
1: Yeah, no, I, yes, I, <laughs> that's the thing is I know I can do it. I've done it. I just need to get my brain back to where it was and needs to be.
0: Yep. And cause you shoot, I mean, you shoot really good. Yeah. Um,
2: I appreciate that.
0: but anyway, so hopefully some of you guys got something out of that. Um, as far as like, um, uh, Goals and things like that to, to move you forward. Be careful. I, the only thing I'd say is really be careful with, um, setting goals based on, um, the performance of others because it's just, it's a slippery slope. It's a place where it can, it can cause, um, you to be unsportsman's, li- unsportsmanlike. It can cause you to be, um, a lot of things. Um, like last weekend, I was the first one to shake, um, Jake's hand cause I know where everybody's at and I watched him shoot on um, fire his last round. Uh, I walked right up next to him, put my hand down and he like looked up at me like what? And I was, I was like, congrats, congrats. And he reached up, shook my hand. Thanks man. You know? And because, um, I'm, you know, I want to, I want to be at the place where I'm secure enough with myself that my, my happiness isn't based upon, um, the success or failure of others and and i and i want to be a big enough man that i can that i can be find happiness watching somebody else have success um i understand like there's certain times where it's really really hard to do that um like you talk about um i i mean i've talked about like certain people like uh I, i i rodeo a lot and joe beaver is one of them guys that is he's he's uh he's one of the greats of rodeo and he talks about how he's just not the type of guy that could do that <laughs> um he was really yeah. he was, he's so competitive that like somebody walks out there and uh jumps out there ropes a calf faster than him and beats him and wins the world like he's you're not gonna be able to talk to him for a while and i think uh from what I've heard, like eventually he he would obviously come around and go talk to him, but immediately right after he was just so furious that that he couldn't uh, do that and be that guy. But I think that's a I do think that's a mistake. I think that uh, if if the success or failure of others is what is what uh, is what you hang your hat on, it's not good. Like you should be able to look, walk over and shake somebody's hand and be like, "Wow, you you shot good." Like I should have shot better. You know, because the thing is, is you, if you look at it that way, then that means that somebody else did beat you. But in real reality, you should be able to look at your own game and realize that you beat yourself somewhere along the way. Yeah. And, and that's what I try to do. Like I know where I beat myself. Like I didn't lose this weekend I, or I wasn't beat by somebody else. I was beat by me this weekend. Um, yeah. And, you know, in turn, that means that I lost to Jake, but that doesn't mean that that he beat me. So I beat myself, um, yeah. and he was able to capitalize on that. And congratulations to him; he did shoot well, and uh, yeah. he beat me. And I, sh- I was the first one to shake his hand, and I was happy to see him do good. You know,
2: yeah.
0: Um, so you have to be careful on that. So that's why I think your 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 bigger goals can be based on that. But if you accomplish your smaller goals and the goals that you have set um, that you're like, okay, if I do this, if I do this, if I do this, then I will, I will accomplish my big goals. Like kind of like me at the PRS finale last year. And I still, I came out second, you know, that just is what it is. I, I mean, I felt like I shot good there. Um, I shot good all year. Um, The last Um, for this is the third year in a row, I've been the first guy to three hundred points. Um like I put myself in the position so it's gonna happen. Like it just it just is what it is, as long as I continue to to move forward and accomplish my goals. The goals that I set for myself, um, that aren't based on out um like the um other people. It's just based on me, you know. Just like you said, go Make good trigger pulls. Don't make mistakes.
1: Yeah, I think that's a no make a mistakes thing right now. With the level that everybody's at, is the mis- the little mistakes or the the making sure that trigger pull is perfect is the only way you're gonna either win or be right up at the top right now with the level of shooters. It's um, dude, people are so ridiculous right now. It's it's kind of yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Well, and then, I mean, I get a full dose of it because I travel with you. So, it's, I mean, I'm always happy to see you win. I always, if I'm not going to win, I always want you winning or whatever. But it there is times, man, it is, yeah, it's a downer sometimes. Like, you just want to win so bad and you see how happy everybody is to win and then you feel like you're doing everything. And even on weekends, I've shot great. Like, I mean, Texas being one of them, I I knew I had shot good. Like I, I didn't know where I was going to land, but I knew I had to have been up there and to still get beat. Like you know what, Matt beat me. Good on you, because you freaking shot ridiculous, and I was stoked for him. You know, I mean, you have to. Dude, that's one you of those times. Those,
0: that's exactly what I'm talking about. Where you just walk over there and you shake their hand because if you did good and you know you did good and you didn't make mistakes and they beat you, that means that they really shot good. And that's when you're just like, dude, freaking good job, man. Because you accomplished your goal. That's the thing. If that's what your goal is and you accomplished it, then you can feel good about yourself. You can feel good about the way you performed. And then you can also walk over there and be like, good job, man. Yeah. Like, because the thing is, is if you do that, that's what's going to put you in the perfect position to win. Right. Yep. Yeah. and the better you get it, eliminating mistakes. Because I don't care what anybody says, you are going to make mistakes. Like like this last weekend, like uh you can eliminate the egregious mistakes, but the other ones they're always going to be there a yeah. little bit it's in some degree happen. or some degree or the other. When I talk about the one being comfortable on the upwind side of the plate, like you, I I would like to say that I'm going to be perfect at that, but um, and I'm I'm dang sure going to try, but. Man, that just to be able to eliminate every little thing is it's so unattainable. Yeah. It it um because you're just going to have them. So over time you're going to get hopefully get better at not making those mistakes is is the idea.
1: And I think that is the big thing is time. Over time I think you learn just as a natural progression, you learn how to not make certain mistakes.
0: Yeah. And you need to put that in your mental process, right? Like, yeah. um, like the, there's hard, it's, you're not going to be able to make a pro a mental process for not being comfortable on the upwind side of the plate or something like that. You can have a mental process for trigger because if you're, if you're smart, you should be able to, to make a transit because it, because in my opinion, there's just a gear shift that needs to happen in your brain every time. And if you're worried about, if you're worried about timing out, you just speed up everything except for that thing. So that's why I think it almost needs to be separated. Um, so that then you can speed up everything else except for that, for the trigger pull. And then it makes it to where you can go really, really fast, but yet still make good trigger pulls. But, um and the, but then the w- one I'm talking about, like, I have my pre-shot or pre-stage routine about getting ready because I'm all over the place. But like, I don't know that I can do much to, to do that. It's just a matter of almost just recognizing that that's a, a weakness I have, and and by recognizing it, um, it automatically will start to work itself out a little bit.
2: Yeah.
0: That's no, my I thoughts. Agree. So I agree any, any, uh, anything you are thinking about you want to share
1: before we, uh, hop off?
2: I don't think so, man. I think I'm
1: good to go. It's a good conversation.
2: Good one to have.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's good. Hopefully people get something out of it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. If you guys have any other questions, um, hopefully we'll be able to get to them. Um, but hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Morgan King on, on there. Um, and Brady, Brady Allenson on Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you have any questions for us, let us know. We'll try to continue to regularly, uh, record some podcasts. Uh, just let us know what you think about the podcast. What, if you guys have any recommendations, um, let us know, but thanks for listening in and, Hopefully, we make sense and we didn't ramble too much. But that's kind of what we, those are our thoughts for what we need to improve upon after a match. I know we already did a, um, after our kind of action report with Paul Higley, but we wanted to go through and talk about things that we learned, um, specifically. And hopefully, you guys got something out of it.
2: Cool.
0: Right on. We'll talk at you guys later.